Welcome to the Hospitality Cash Flow Podcast, where you'll learn how to leverage short-term accommodations using multifamily and residential properties. With over 35 years in hospitality, real estate, technology, and sales and marketing experience, our hosts, Matt Anisis and Noble Crawford, along with an expert panel of guests, invite you to listen in as they share their knowledge, best practices, tools, and resources to help you maximize cash flow using real estate for hospitality. So we're going to keep the room going and uh, you other moderators in the room that have experience moderating, I'm looking at you, TJ. Uh, I'm going to uh, lean on you guys a little bit to help uh, to help out through the process. But TJ, that brings us, uh, before we get into the next topic, which is the Burr, uh, Burr slash uh, STR strategy, um, I just want to real quick reset the room. You are in the Hospitality Cashflow Club room. Um, this is a live recording, so uh, just keep that in mind before you step on stage. This um, audio format will be uh, redistributed, um, so that's something that we have to um, let you all know uh, as we proceed through uh, the the other letters in the alphabet. So, TJ, we're talking Burr. Uh, that's the next one we're up on. If you can just really explain to the audience um, what Burr is, first of all, and how it it, it plays a role in this uh, whole STR strategy. Absolutely, man. So, Burr strategy is, you know, this, this is essentially, this is how I buy all my assets. This is how I buy all my properties. Um, it stands for buying a property. You buy it, you rehab it. You rent it, then you refinance it, then you repeat. The whole goal, you know, when you buy it, you're buying it with short-term money. And then when you're short-term, high-interest money at that. And so the goal is to get the property rehab um, and get a refinance. So essentially, this is a value play, right? You want to rent these, you want to buy these properties um, distressed, buy them ugly, then you make them pretty. You add value to them to force the value to go up. You force the appreciation to go up. So and this is why uh, this is how I buy all my assets, and if done right, um, you could you could be into the deal, get all your money back out of the deal, uh, so you have zero zero dollars into the deal, and you're able to parlay and roll that money into the next deal. So um, it's a phenomenal strategy that's been out, that's been happening for a, a long time, um, but um, but people like me and other investors are able to take take advantage of it and really build wealth with the strategy. So, um, and, and so for me, you can imagine with the strategy, because I, I don't just rent the property, I furnish the property, then rent the property. So, you know, I guess for us in the short-term rental space, it's like a burr, but we're like a furnish in between them before the rent. So, uh, so yeah, again, uh, phenomenal strategy, short-term money, refinancing to long-term money, buying a property distressed, making it beautiful, and earning cash flow from it, especially 3X uh, within the short-term rental space. We can dive that's awesome that that's uh that's next level stuff uh, i haven't got there yet um uh, but uh you know we 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 definitely considering that op- you know that opportunity specifically with the burr uh multiple benefits in there um so real quick um you know unless any any of the other moderators wanted to chime in on on that piece um We'll go ahead and there's a couple of new moderators in the room. So I wanted to give them an opportunity to uh, just uh, give a quick uh, 30, 45 second uh, introduction of themselves. Uh, We have Miss Smothers and then we have RB. If you want to unmute and introduce yourself. 
Absolutely. Hi, everyone. Hi, moderators. Nice to see you guys again. I think I've been in rooms with most of you all. Um, so really quick version. My name is Erica. Um, I am actually in the property management realm um, by day. I have a background in commercial property management. I'm also a residential property manager um, here in Atlanta. So in the short-term rental space, I actually have my own short-term rental property management company. Um, I've, streamlined, I've streamlined my services to match um, the different ownership styles that I've come in contact with. So that's a quick 30-second version of what I do, and I hope I'm just here to add value in any way possible. Hi, thank you for having me. My name is Arvita Realtor. I'm a licensed New York State real estate agent. Um, I'm also an Airbnb super host. I am also a landlord and like to call myself a community motivator. I try and provide resources within the urban community to encourage people within my community to become homeowners. So I'm all for short-term rentals, long-term rentals, buying and selling within our community to help us be great. Awesome, awesome. Well, we appreciate you, Erica and RB, for uh, joining us. And uh, we want to go ahead and uh, real quick before we move to the next topic, uh, looks like we have some folks that have questions. I believe uh, Leslie is next. Leslie, what's your question? Hi, can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Thank you for the conversation. I wanted to clarify the LLC and the DBA and have it. I know this is not legal advice, but having it as a as a vague name because in New York City, I'm actually a PC and we have to be very um, clear about the business that we have. So my question is, when doing your LLC, what are some of the common descriptions that's tied to the entity when it's only for um, real estate rentals? Mm, that's a good question. Um, and I know it will vary for everyone. I actually learned from, um, well, in college, I guess, that whenever you have an entity and you kind of want it. So remember how Hannibal earlier was mentioning you kind of want your name to be broad? I always learned to also have your description to be broad as well. So maybe um, having something like... Um, you know, all all activity that is legal in the state of X, Y, and Z, or however the wording may be. But again, that's a legal thing. I personally do that. Um, and yeah, I want to hear other people's answers for that too. So not sure if, uh, if uh, looks like Hannibal may have dropped off. Uh, oh no, he's still in the room. I don't know, Hannibal, if, you're, if you can still hear us uh, regarding this. Yeah, I concur with um, with Kiara. Um, for one, I don't necessarily um, establish my entities in New York, even though I reside in New York. Um, there are states that I find to be more advantageous. But um, again, that is going to be a um, question you confer with your attorney and your um, tax, tax advisor with. But um, I like states like Wyoming um, for asset protection purposes. Um, your name is not listed on um, the documentation, things like that. I like uh, more affordable states than New York um, as well. So I'm not exactly sure about all the um, particulars of New York. But, yeah, definitely as much as possible, try to make your name big. Um, it's nothing wrong with having a consulting company. That, that can be for anything. You can be a teaching consultant. You can be a security guard consultant. Anything that you have expertise in, you can do consulting for it, in my opinion. Um, and that's just an opinion. That's not legal advice. But um, I would try to have it as broad and vague as possible, not only for legal purposes, but also businesses often pivot. So you don't want to pigeonhole yourself into one industry 
when you very may well pivot in a way that you don't anticipate. Every big company that we know of didn't really start out the way Uber, Lyft, Airbnb, well, not Airbnb, Uber, Lyft, Instagram, all those didn't start out the way that they started. Best Buy was, I believe, the sound of music and the hot dogs. So you, for all kinds of reasons, um, strategy-wise and perhaps legal, you should be as um, vague as possible so that you can adjust, in my opinion. And you should have the um, in a SIC codes that are um, just as broad in general, in my opinion. Okay, so yeah, definitely different. Well, I have a professional corporation and we had to be very specific, even for insurance purposes, as to, the, as to what type of services we provide. Um, so I wasn't sure if it was applicable for LLC, but I'll look into that. I was just curious. I understand the name part. It was, it's just the description of services so you can insure the LLC. But thank you. Yes, there are definitely instances in the professional regard. Some some industries you really have licensing, all that kind of stuff has to be meticulously assigned and stuff like that. So those are different, um, and, and you definitely should um, adhere to those those laws and things like that. Um, the last thing I wanted to say um, earlier when I was speaking of is my signal still in? I know it's yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, you're good. Awesome. Um, early, I was giving people um, some insight on how to start their um, business credit. I sent some people the vendor accounts um, when they messaged me. Um, I also help people improve their personal credit. So um, or I, I, I give people a free credit analysis. The link is in my IG bio. And that's very helpful um, for something that you want to do. If you're starting your business, you want to have good business credit because you could, I mean, good personal credit because you can leverage that to improve your business credit. And it just costs you less for everything that you're trying to do. So I also offer a um, comprehensive credit analysis. If you um, hit the link in my bio, I'll give you a breakdown. You'll get one-on-one time scheduled with me with that as well. So I appreciate you guys. All right. Leslie, did that answer your question? Thank you. Thank you, Kiara. All right. We're going to keep it moving here. Um, It looks like. Um, I do not want to uh, mess this name up. Is it Hassani? That's right, yeah. You got it right. All right, so you got the mic. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you for letting me speak. I'll take this slightly. I just want to appreciate everybody here for their um, insight about, about Airbnb and all that. So um, I'm basically just brand new. I'm really trying to get into this, right? Um, I believe it was Kidra. Uh, forgive me if I said your name wrong. You said that you, you might be able to help, you know, um, random people get into this. And you said that it's easier than what people think. Um, so I don't want to, you know, take a lot of time from you guys. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and, and uh, direct message you. And I hope that you can give me um, enough information for me to start this. Other than that, thank you guys for this. This is huge. This is important. And I appreciate you guys' insight. Thank you. Hi, Hassani. Thank you. Uh, definitely inbox me and uh, we'll get together and I'll help you out. Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, Hassani, appreciate the question. All right, before we get to you, uh, Truth, brother, we're going to uh, just hit the next topic real quick, which is a big one in the short-term rental space. Um, we have a lot of titans on stage right now that will be able to chime in on this one, but it is about cleaning. And uh, as all of us who have been in the space know, um, you know, cleaning is probably the number one uh, most important thing when it comes to uh, success 
in your uh, short-term rental business in your Airbnb business. And so, um, you know, so I want to put it out to the moderators, like, um, what is your cleaning process look like? You know, how are you, uh, managing your, your team or your, or your single, uh, cleaner and, um, how are you ensuring that, uh, cleanings lead to a uh, five-star reviews? If anybody wants to jump on that. Um, yeah, this is Kevin. I, uh, um, you know, we have a lot of units that we clean and, um, I think cleaning starts with the preparation even before your cleaning team goes in. And what I mean by that is, um, having kind of a standardized, uh, setup for your unit so that every time your unit gets reset, uh, between guests, it looks exactly the same. So just like if you, you know, if you went to, uh, to a Marriott or a Hilton. Um, when you walk into that room, um, even across different cities, if it's the same brand, you're generally going to see the same setup. And, um, so I think just taking that approach, um, in how you set up your unit to, to start, how many towels, uh, how many soap, you know, all those kinds of things. So first, first you set it up. And then secondly, um, having your standard, standard operating procedures, your SOPs for and checklists for, your housekeepers and um, training them on that and walking through the unit with them and making sure that they understand um, what the expectation is for cleaning the unit. Um, and, uh, and, and what I do is, you know, I will make sure that I am on site uh, inspecting the unit after they have done some cleans um, because inevitably there's always questions about little things here or there. And so we help them through that. And then usually they're pretty self-sufficient um, after doing several cleans. Um, so uh, those are the two things I would say is, is one, how you set up the unit to, to start, um, making sure the cleaners know what that setup is. And then two, um, uh, making sure that you have uh, cleaning guidelines and maybe even a checklist um, that you can run through to train your cleaners um, when they're first starting. Awesome. Awesome. That's great advice. Um, so, uh, does anybody else want to chime in on that in terms of, uh, you know, what your, what your cleaning process looks like? Um, I'd like to say something because this is something I have to do. Um, you may even find yourself starting your own cleaning company because that's what I found myself having to do very quickly once. Not only I began to scale with my own Airbnbs, but as I began to help other people, it just made sense to also encourage them. And in the same way they found property to flip, and I don't want to say you flip people, but <laughs> the same way you can find cleaners for yourself, you can also utilize them for your company and, you know, just charge a higher rate like we do at Airbnb. So, yes. I've even had to start my own company because of that, because you may have a cleaner that while is reliable, maybe they aren't always available as quickly as you have guests. Um, and you do not like to clean yourself. So a lot of those things happen. Um, I don't want to take it over too much, but yes, I think it's good to start your own cleaning company though. It's also no services can go hand in hand and you can g gain clients either way. If they don't want to stay with you, then you can certainly even in this room, all hosts, if you had a cleaning company, you could potentially pitch your service to every host you ever meet because we're always looking for cleaners. 
Agreed. Agreed. Um, I, I, I'm a hundred percent in agreement with that. Um, and right before we move on to the next topic, I did want to let my wife jump in. Her name is Elkie. She's uh, up here as a speaker. Uh, she is extremely instrumental in training our cleaning teams, training our community manager to uh, to train the cleaning teams and monitor the cleaning teams and, and do uh, spot checks on the teams. But I think she wanted to run down like a two or three different things that cleaners typically will miss um, you know, that, that are important to, uh, double check. Um, so one thing that I will, um, what I will say is for those that are getting started, as I would say, um, clean the property the first time for yourself. And that way you can gauge everything that needs to be cleaned to your satisfaction. And also you can, um, pinpoint like how long it's going to take you to clean because you don't want to have a cleaner come in and say it took you two hours to clean, but your cleaner did it within 30 minutes. Um, I'm sure something is bound to be not cleaned. And so I would just say clean it for the first time yourself. And also there are things that you may want to um, double check like behind your cleaners, like things they will miss. I know like a, times that our cleaners have missed um, getting out the coffee, the uh, old coffee grinds or the Keurig cup out of the machine, which is very important for the, when the next guests come in, you don't want them to see um, old coffee grinds in the coffee machines. And also like dusting and making sure like all the windows are clean. Um, that's very important too. And like keeping all the baseboards clean and the tops of the, you know, the refrigerators and even like the little warming drawer underneath the uh, stove that needs cleaning. Sometimes that is often missed also. Um, so I would just, if you, if you do decide to get a person, just make sure that you walk through with your cleaner um, after they have cleaned and just to double check and go over everything that's on your checklist and um, make sure that gets clean. Like I know, like during COVID right now, we literally, I train my cleaners to clean everything. If a guest touch it, it gets clean. So like light switches and um, door frames, doorknobs, you name it, remote controls, it all gets clean. Um, so you just want to keep that in mind because um, I know, you know, I've been to places where I have picked up a sticky remote, which was gross to me, or I've been to a place that had hair in the carpet. Um, so just make sure make sure that you follow through with your cleaner of what your expectation is of how you want it clean. If I could just piggyback behind her, I think she just gives so many great points. Um, another thing that I would add is always check under the bed, you guys. I have had found the funniest thing, and I'll just leave it at funny, underneath the bed. Like, I, I totally agree with her as far as, you know, so go through your own turnover and see what it takes to turn over your own Airbnb and set the standard. You can't ask the standard of someone if you don't know the standard yourself. So I always say go through it. It doesn't mean that you have to do it for everyone that you have if you have a wide portfolio, but you at least need to know what it feels like to do a turnover for your own um, B&B. So definitely check under the bed. Um, that's one thing. And then check the dryer. Like I don't know how many times. I, you know, got done with my cleaning and forgot to check the dryer, that last load of towels um, that I want to take home with me for my, you know, my next turnover because I am a property manager. 
um, or just checking underneath the bed. There's so many times I have just completely cleaned and then looked in the mirror and saw the reflection underneath the bed and saw a t-shirt. So those are all little things just to like keep in mind and common sense is not common. So it is so important to have that checklist for your cleaner um, because when they come in, you just you don't even want them to have to think about the, t- the turnover. They just need to have a checklist of how they need to go about turning over your space. Um, and then my last thing is don't be afraid to ask your guests to, hey, take off the sheets and the comforter from the bed and put it in a pile and put the towels in a separate pile. Give them light things to do. They don't mind doing that. Um, again, it's just a really quick way for the cleaner just to, gr- to grab that pile, put it in the dryer or put it in the wash or grab, you know, the, the bag of, of trash that they've already put in the trash can and take it out to the trash, um, to the dumpster. So those little things, they, they help and they make a difference. So don't be scared to ask your guests to do that. They'll usually do it. Yes. Um, and then some more things too. Just like two more things. Um, a, make sure that they change out the toilet paper roll because you don't want your guests coming in with like half the empty roll or like close to empty. Um, I've seen it. I've, I've, it's happened to me at hotels. Well, not hotels, but at Airbnbs. Another thing too, and I'll leave y'all alone. Um, look under the cushions. First thing they need to do when they get to your apartment or to your home is look under the cushions, um, of the couch, look under all of them to make sure that guests didn't try to hide a stain so that you can take those covers off if you're able to take the covers off and throw those into the washer. Not if you have blood, or that's a different story, but those are not, those are two more things too. Awesome. And, um, go ahead. I wanted to, um, right, can, can I ask that? this? Can I ask this question? Cause I got to go in a quick second. Um, go ahead. I just wanted to ask, um, okay, so I don't know if anybody's well-versed in the New England area, um, just above the tri-state, I guess, but um, there's been some new uh, law changes as far as the taxation on um, Airbnbs up here. Um, and I came into a little bit of money, I wanted to do an investment. So I just wanted to know if anyone's well-versed as far as um, the, the tax increases and how do I go about um, seeking out um, eligible landlords or if there's like a list or some type of resource resource that I can tap into to actually be seeking out Airbnb eligible landlords and, and properties so I don't have to, you know, basically when I'm doing my pitches or trying to seek them out, getting willing landlords, but then finding out they're not even eligible to participate. If that makes sense. All right. Does anyone, anyone want to tap in on that? I think um, Devon has some good resources on that. Yeah, and I was just telling him to uh, go reach out to Mike, Mike Sugarin. He's uh, up in the Boston area. I think that's what you said the area was. He will be a yeah. good resource for you. What's his name? Is he up here? on Space Mike Sugarin. He used to be up here just a second ago. But you can find him on Instagram. He's the Airbnb guy. And uh, he's he's up there. And he has, a, he has a bunch of units up there. Okay, you said his last name is what again, sir? Um, Shogren, you gotta put me on the spot and make me spell it. S J O D R E N. Okay, I'm trying to. And you said on Instagram, he's his name is the Airbnb guy. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna try to seek him out. Thanks a lot. Yeah, man. truth is mm-hmm. the underscore Airbnb guy on on IG. Okay. Thanks. I'm sorry, Hannibal. You were gonna chime in real quick. Yeah, I was going to say that I know about um, two um, resources, um, cleaning companies that do a really good job. So if you guys want to message me, I'll refer you guys over to those cleaning services as well. Awesome, awesome. We appreciate it. All right. 
uh, we're going to move. We're going to try to pick up the pace a little bit um, because, uh, you know, there's quite a quite a bit left. But um, real quick, um, Devon, I just wanted you to um, go ahead and take 30, 45 seconds and introduce yourself to the uh, to the group. Hi, well, thank you so much for having me. Hi, everyone. I'm Devana. I am an Airbnb super host in Atlanta and Los Angeles now. I'm, and um, I may be transitioning, so I don't even want to talk about Atlanta too much. But yes, I may be transitioning here. Uh, I love to use strategies, processes, and systems to really make this Airbnb thing profitable. That's the most fun that I have. And I do it all passively because I still am a corporate accountant by day. And I love that job just as equally. So that's a little bit about me. And I am just so ready to help and answer any questions that I can. Thank you again for having me. Awesome. We appreciate you joining us. All right. Moving real quick. We're going to get to the next uh, question before we move along. Uh, Looks like on my screen, Amanda is showing up next. Amanda, you have a question? Hey guys, just wanted to join in here. Um, I was pinged in here. So I'm a, also an Airbnb host. We have 15 properties. We own some. We overcharge a lot of them. Um, most of our properties are in the Raleigh, North Carolina area. And um, I focus on really using the properties a little differently. So I use them to market for people who are moving into the area. Um, I'm also a real estate broker and I have a bunch of agents that I refer these leads out to. And so we're doing a lot of that, uh, you know, type of thing where we're using these and we're doing like 30, 60, 90 day rentals on them. And we're bringing in the relocation leads so that we can sell them a house and help them move into the area. So just here to answer questions for whoever, you know, who has questions. All right, Amanda, we appreciate you. I didn't recognize you. I would have modded you earlier, but we appreciate you coming to the stage. And uh, we will get to uh, the next question. I believe it is uh, Antoinette. Hey, thanks, everybody. This question is actually for CJ going back a topic. So relating to the birth strategy, with the refinance, what is the exit strategy if you're now going to have debt service on most on, on all these properties? What's the exit strategy? All right, TJ, you still there? You may have stepped away for a second. Um Okay, let's do this. Antoinette, I'm going to leave you on the stage. Uh, we'll give him a chance. I'll ping him back. We'll see uh, if he gets back into the room. I'll have him uh, answer that question directly for you. Okay, cool. Thanks. All right. And then the next question we'll take before we go to the next topic. Uh, looks like uh, Jasmine. Hi, everyone. Um, I was I don't have a question. I was actually paying to the room because I have a commercial cleaning business. And I see that you guys were talking about um, in need of a cleaner or a good cleaner. Um, what is the, the standardized cleaner? I actually agree. Um, she's not even on stage anymore. I forgot her name. But when you have a cleaner, you definitely want to have a checklist um, and make sure that either you put the checklist inside of like a cabinet, um, like preferably under the sink where, there, where it's common cleaning supplies or it's empty. Um, definitely agree with everyone that was Speaking in regards to the cleaning, you want to make sure that they are wiping down baseboards. There is called a high-low cleaning, so you want to start high as far as like wiping down the walls and then um, the top of the cabinets um, and things like that. And then working your way down, your cleaner should always do those things. 
And then as far as like the new thing with COVID, um, there are um, fog machines. There are a lot of different things to help you with keeping COVID uh, velocity very low. So I just wanted to answer any questions that people have in regards to um, cleaning and types of supplies or chemicals to use to um, to keep their properties um, clean. Could I jump in and, and just kind of address the uh, question? I know, Antoinette, you, you had it for TJ, but I just wanted to make a comment. You you mentioned about exit strategies uh, when you have, have that debt on these Airbnbs. Um, you know, admittedly, my background is my strength is an Airbnb and just a buy and hold long term investor. Um, you know, having good long term debt on a property that's cash flowing or making a strong profit is not a bad thing. That's not a negative thing. Um, you know, sometimes a lot of times when we talk about exits, we're just talking about selling. Um, exiting a property is just realizing your your income gain. So that doesn't necessarily mean you know, to sell the property. Um, and again, that's my frame of reference because I fundamentally don't believe in selling real estate. Um, I believe in paying it down over time um, if you can. But if you've got good debt, um, and I mean good debt, I mean 30-year, you know, mortgage, good interest rate, you know, non-conforming you know, interest rate, that kind of stuff. Um, and if you're able to cash flow a property, I mean, I, I mean, that's not a bad thing. Yeah, I, excuse me, I realize that. So I'm looking at, with COVID, I'm traveling a lot more domestically. So instead of me paying for someone else's Airbnb or paying the Ritz-Carlton in Bell Harbor, I'm looking to purchase a property in Bell Harbor. Um, but, you know, of course, real estate right now is, is really, really high. The, the prices, at least here in the DMV area, are historically high. So I'm just, you know, thinking kind of long term. Like if the market takes a dip, naturally, I can keep my finger on the pulse as a realtor. Um, and with the connections that I have there in the Miami market, but just, just thinking, you know, long-term, long distance, you know, that sort of thing, um, that this would be new territory for me as opposed to the investments I have here in the DMV area. Yeah. Um, I would love to jump on this being, I live up in Boca, so I'm, I'm pretty familiar with the Miami market. Um, that single family market is definitely absolutely insane down here too. So I would definitely say hold off on a single family. But if you wanted to get into uh, maybe doing uh, a like one or two bedroom condo, um, there is a lot more inventory and less people wanting to buy it because everybody's kind of looking for bigger space. Um, so they, that might be a little spot for you to kind of look into um, because that actually, I think our two bedrooms do, do great in this market, even now with the people kind of coming in as people are, from the Northeast, they're moving down to Florida um, every day. We have like some 900 people that move into the state of Florida from the Northeast every single day. Um, they're used to living in condos, so they'll take a condo down um, in that area over being up in New York. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily say that it's not, now the time to buy it, especially if you're going to use it a lot, there is definitely a great opportunity for you to get into something um, while the inventory on the condo side is a little higher um, and really have it running so that you can use it whenever you want. Thank you. Do you happen to know what the short-term rental laws are in Broward County? So Broward County is actually super friendly. Uh, Miami is zone by zone. Uh, Miami Beach is an absolute nightmare. 
Um, I think Miami Beach goes like road by road. Like there's certain roads on on the island that you can actually um, do it, and some others that you can't. Um, but if you stay in the like downtown Miami Windwood area, which would actually be really cool for an Airbnb as well, um, you should be you should be you should be fine. But if you want to like reach out to me, we can we can have this conversation offline as well. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. All right. Thanks, E. We appreciate that. Um, just going to uh, before we go to the next topic and we're going to move it a little bit quicker. Um, I just wanted to give uh, the other moderator and, and brother, I do not want to mess your name up. Uh, is it a Najee? <laughs> That's me. Awesome. If you want to just take quick, like 45 seconds, just to introduce yourself to the room. Uh, I'd appreciate it. Hi, I'm a, uh, a huge uh, real estate investor out of uh, Houston, Texas. Um, long-term buy and hold, um, typically a uh, long-term rental, but moving into this uh, short-term rental space to uh, just just maximize my profits on some of my properties that where it makes, may make sense. Um, been doing it for about 14 years. Um, so again, my, more of my specialty is uh, fix and flip, uh, bird strategy, uh, you know, long-term uh, generational wealth. So hopefully I can uh, help somebody out. Awesome. Appreciate you joining us. All right, folks. So what we're going to do, we're going to start. Appreciate you joining us. Uh, what we're going to do, folks, we're going to start moving a little bit quicker so we can get through more of the alphabet. Clearly, I'm going to have to break this room up into uh, parts. Otherwise, we would literally be going uh, all night long. And so um, there is a way to get the recording uh, from not only this uh, first one that we're doing, but from the uh, the next uh, couple of uh a through Z sessions that we're having. Uh, if you are interested in doing that, um, and until I get that up online, you can simply send an email to clubhouse at hospitalitycashflow.com. So clubhouse at hospitalitycashflow.com and just say you want the audio from the A to Z and we'll make sure that you are first in line to get that. Uh, so billion, we are coming to you in a moment. Let me just address this next topic real quick and then we'll double back around. Uh, but the next one is really around, um, channel managers. And so channel managers, um, you know, there though, that, that's a software that you can use, um, to, uh, you know, do a number of different things, but primarily to, uh, make sure your calendars are linked. And so if you have, uh, your properties spread across different, uh, online, uh, travel platforms, you want to make sure that your calendars are in sync uh, so that you don't have double booking situations. Um, so I'd like to kick it over to uh, a couple of the mods. And uh, if you want to jump in and, uh, you know, let us know what channel manager you use, um, it, you know, if any, and, uh, and, and what you like about it. And uh, maybe we can start with uh, Amanda. Hey guys. Yeah. So I'll start us out here. Um, so we, gosh, we started out using Guesty. We still do have Guesty as well. Um, but you know, like I said, we kind of pivoted a little bit ever since COVID. So we're not doing a lot of Airbnb stays. Uh, we're doing more 30, 60, 90 day stays. And currently, uh, we actually have a brand new website. Uh, it's actually a, a click funnel page that we're building right now. That's going to, um, you know, have all of our email marketing and everything like that intertwined into that. Um, but at the moment, that's what we're doing. And they're just booking directly with us because at this point, I really only want to rent to people who are moving into the area because for us, that's 
you know, a way to, to earn additional streams of income from the guests coming into the area. Um, I did have a phone call yesterday with someone from, I think it's called DAC, D-A-C-K. I think I'm saying that right. If you guys have heard about it, I would love to know um, if anyone's using it and what your experience is. If you don't know what it is, from my understanding, from my one-hour phone call, <laughs> um, it's a way to literally put everything, like your manuals, um, recommendations, uh, links to get Uber, Lyft, uh, everything that you want, even your your thermostat, your digital lockboxes, everything is in an app. And so when the guest checks into the property, they do everything on their phone. Um, what's, so, that, what's their name, Amanda? Sorry uh, to interrupt you. The name of the company, I believe, is called DAC. Like D A C K, I'm pretty sure. D A C K. Yeah, it's a new company, and they're um, they're testing out a few things, and so they contacted us to maybe be like one of their guinea pigs. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it it sounds like a good opportunity. Has anyone heard of it or using it? No, never heard of it. No, I'm I haven't even having like maybe I can sell, which is which is also very possible. I will look at my email right now and see if I can find it. Yeah, it's dacinc.com. That's D-A-C-K-I-N-C.com. Ooh, this looks interesting. I've never heard of them before, though. Yeah, I was actually quite impressed. So I'm going to give it a shot. I think I'm going to put a couple of our properties on um, and see how it goes. It's not expensive. It's like 20 bucks per month, um, per property. And, you know, I, what I really liked about it was the fact that, you know, I could put my, my manuals and everything there, you know, with the check-in and all that stuff, but my manuals, but not, not only that, like I could connect my, uh, my website for them, you know, for the ones wanting to buy a house, they can actually just go into the, into the application, click on, yes, I'm curious to see what houses are available in this area. And then it can shoot them right into my, um, you know, my relocation client list with all of those emails. So I don't know. I'm still in the beginning stages of this, um, but I've got a lot of ideas fly, flying through my brain on how this could work. Yeah. So I'm not familiar with that. Um, so I had to look into them, but I've been on stage a couple of times with one of the creators of your welcome. So if you PTR, you'll see that I dropped it on my profile. And it's pretty robust and cohesive from what I've what I've looked into and from what I've heard. Um, very similar system in regards to what you're talking about. So it just kind of, I mean, they, they have a tablet. Uh, and in terms of liability, they they are uh, pretty good in terms of that tablet. Because one of my concerns was like, well, what if the tablet comes up missing, the guest breaks it or whatever the case may be. But with that particular tablet, um, it has it has certain smart features that you can incorporate the house manual, all the important information. Uh, it has like uh, um, kind of some, you know, some things you can do with ride share programs, some local restaurants and things of that nature when you when you may be doing some kind of deal discounts or situations that you may have with them. So I would also look into that one. Uh, that is just one I haven't heard of, but I, I'm, I'm definitely going to look into it because I think that's important to try to incorporate some of these, uh, some of these new devices into you know, the, the, the short-term situation. I just like what your welcome was doing from what I've heard and looked into. Yeah, and I, and I love this. And, and 
No, but I didn't forget your question, so I promise I'm going to retype this all together. Um, but what I love is what's happening lately, right? I've been in this business for like 10 years now, but just the amount of innovation and how all this extra, because all these things are just ways for us to make extra money, right? And I think that is the beauty of our, of our, of our industry and our business model is that we can find so many ways to add to the cash flow. Because yeah, you have the rent, but then you can start adding on all these additional services that you can offer and really cater this experience. And for all my real estate agents in the room, you gotta follow Amanda because every time I listen to her, I get so many ideas because she's doing it in such a super creative way that I think for us as real estate agents, it is such a huge opportunity and it's completely untapped. So if you're in, in her market, you're not allowed to do it. But if you're anywhere else in the country, you, it's definitely something that we we can provide a different quality of experience and make great money. Um, and then to bring it back to Noble's question, um, I actually use Hostfully. Um, they're pretty great. They sing to everything. Um, and then my direct booking website is really the most important thing for me. Um, I try to stay exclusively um, as much as possible on, on there. Actually, until two or three years ago, I wasn't even using Airbnb uh, just because I didn't like the fact that they took so much control away from me, right? Like, I started this 10 years ago when, like, on VRBO, I could pay to be on the number one page, right? <laughs> and they would still share their, their clients, you know. Um, so I just didn't like using the platform because they took so much of my power away. So now I use Hostfully, and there are some great other PMS systems out there, but to really maximize um, my exposures for the little holes and then really working, like your and Noble and I had a talk <laughs> the other day. You need to see yourself as a marketing machine, especially if you want to do this to a large scale, and especially if you want to like really create a brand or a around yourself. May that be arbitrage brand, may that be a property management brand. You really got to learn how to market your properties. So you need to start spending time learning about how to drive a direct booking, how to capture clients' emails and email to them. And if this is what you do for a living already and you're thinking about coming into our space, by doing that, you're already going to put yourself above the majority of hosts out there and you're going to have a killer advantage and just, it's going to be so great for you. So if you're on the fence and you're doing that already, or you have some kind of marketing background, um, this is definitely the space for you because you're mixing real estate with experiences and, and really making something important for people and creating a memory. Um, so if you're on the marketing side, this is your chance to kind of create that in a way that is actually creates cash flow and creates an element of financial freedom as well. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, spot on E with that. Um, and trust when we get down to marketing, we're going to let you riff on that a lot more. Um, so here's what we're going to do folks. We are going to, um, 
We're going to take uh, a couple of questions. Then I want to introduce a couple of moderators. We're going to do another topic and then take a last few set of questions. Um, we're obviously we're going to be breaking this room down into uh, sections, more manageable chunks, because we understand that time is valuable and uh, and your time is money. And so we want we don't want to drag drag this out forever, uh, but we want to give it to you in sections. So um, with that said, uh, real quick, uh, Billions, I believe you are up next with a question. What's your question? Yes, I'm going to make my question quick, but understanding as well. So I currently own a very popular hair salon in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, when Airbnb was allowing us to rent like our properties there to host like parties, events, my space used to be like booked all the time. And I was making like really, really good money. Then one morning I woke up and Airbnb was like, we're not allowing events anymore. Um, so with them stopping that, um, I was like, hmm, I love Airbnb. Let me invest in a property. So uh, two months ago, I got a property, you know, I dressed it up because people love like how our, our salon location looks. Um, I, op I started an Airbnb property and like dressed it up kind of similar to um, an attraction. And in the last two months, it has been getting bookings, but I am like extremely busy doing like other things, you know, like I have Toro, I have to run the salon business. So I'm, I'm really looking for like long term people, like people who want to book the Airbnb, like for long term so that I don't really have to like manage right now. I'm getting people who like want to book one day or people who are just booking two days or people who are only booking on the weekends. And I have like, to turn around. I think I can help you with that billion. In, in general, you just want to kind of get some insight on how to target long term guests. Yes, long term. Are you on? Guests. Are you on Furnish Finder and Travel Haven? No. Yeah, tap in the Furnish Finder and Travel Haven. The average traveling nurse is ninety three days, so that's a that's a three month. Um, the way it works essentially, once you get into it, you set up your particular unit. Mm -hmm. Um, you you would just have to tap in and then look at the leads that they're sending you for your specific area. So make sure that you are actually listing some of the um, hospitals and medical facilities that's in your vicinity. Make, mm -hmm. Just put that in there. Like if it's five miles away, put it in there. If it's six miles away, put it in there. That way uh, you can be having more, uh, a more targeted unit. And then you just jump on there and see all the potential leads that's in your area. See some that, you know, may have fell off just a little bit further away. And then you can message them or get the direct contact information and then just go from there. Uh, same with tra Traveler Haven. So tap into those um, and just start curating a more longer-term relationship. You said Traveler Haven and then Furnish, Furnish Finder. Furnish, there you go. Okay, great. Thank you. That, and, that then, you out. and I, Amanda, I heard you say, like, um, you use a platform or is, I don't know, if, I can't remember if you said you use your website to, like, once they book on your website, you lead them into like real estate. Yeah, so we're doing it a little differently since COVID. So um, we're actually not allowing anyone to book on our website. And we are redoing our entire website right now. So it's more of a lead generation. So we're doing it on ClickFunnels um, because we don't want anyone to book on our website. So it's a little different the way that we're running it. But then again, you know, we're not we're not doing short term. We're doing um, one to three months, which is exactly what you're looking for as well. And so, I'm marketing those properties on um, 
a lot on social media. I'm doing videos in the properties and I'm boosting those out or making those ads uh, on Facebook and Instagram. And also we have our properties on Zillow. And so, you know, all homeowners are looking on Zillow. And so um, that's, that's really what we're doing. But we're, it's, it's, it's a lot of manual labor right now because we do want to talk to them. Like I do want to have a conversation with them and know, you know, are they moving into the area? Do they already have a real estate agent? Just some information so that I can pass that to one of my agents that would be a good fit for them. So I don't want them to book uh, online. Does that make sense? Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Wait, can I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, oh, Julian. Yeah. Can I just um, add in? I'm actually an agent here in Atlanta. So um, I heard you saying that you because you had got such good feedback during, you know, when you were doing events, that you kind of set the space up as an attraction. With that, if there, how I'm trying to say, you may want to consider other options as a, you may want to consider getting someone to manage it, especially if you're going to get an additional Airbnb. If you have a lot of things piled up, you might want to get an agent that's just able to take care of that for you, just handle that for you and get a percentage. But you might also want to just look for, honestly, there's a lot of people in the Atlanta area that are open to just renting rooms um, to live in because they they have been put in one of those weird predicaments. And, and I don't know if you're local to Atlanta, but a lot of people actually live in hotels. So the amount of money that they're spending in those scenarios, they will definitely be open to doing Because people, and I say this every time I go on stage, we call it Airbnbs, but it is a short-term renter. So it does give you the option to still see where somebody, you know, just has that need for maybe a three to six months time span. Like I know some Facebook groups for the Georgia area that do that. So you may just want to consider that too. Because it is set up like an attraction, the Airbnb part is going to always, you know, be the people who come in for the weekend. But if you, if you, right. you know, put an agent in that space for you so that you can take that work, that that workload off, off your hands, that might be a good option too. So if you're going to build a portfolio, yeah, so you, we're not going to. What find those speaking so, of me. Uh, let me let me add to that. I I really like where where V is going with that. Um, and don't forget about peer space. Uh, oh, we, I have like you said. <laughs> That again? I do currently have it on Peer Space. So yeah, so but and it, it sounds like one of your particular problems is I mean you may have to just get a space manager in regards to that particular one, and it, I mean it'll pay for itself if it's ran properly, you know. Uh, it, just like she was saying, man, Airbnb is another marketing channel, so just just keep that in mind. It's not the industry. Airbnb is not the industry. It's the short term rental industry. Airbnb is just another marketing platform. So. Hopefully they help you out a little bit. Yes. Do you guys have any suggestions of where to find an agent that would run like the Airbnb property or where to find? Um, I'll like, slide in your DM. I'll, Don't you worry. I'm right here in Atlanta. I'm slide <laughs> right on in there. Okay. Yeah. There you go. I'm, so I, I was going to say, start kind of filling out just some of the short-term specific property managers and, and, and interview, even if you them. Just like you would any other, uh, you know, anybody else that you have working in your salon. Um, but she sounds like she'll be a good resource in regards to that. I have some units in the Atlanta area too, so I'm probably looking to you. Right. Thank you guys so, so much. All right. We appreciate no it. We appreciate the billions. So, Dijon, we're going to get to you here in a second. But real quick, I want to let um, Terrell, I think I said that right. 
I want to let him uh, just do a quick 45-second intro, and then V can go next, and then we'll move on. Yeah, yeah, no problem, man. Uh, like you said, Terrell, people call me T.C. Hope. I'm a short-term rental investor. I'm a real estate investor, but I specifically am playing the short-term rental market as well. I have units in the Texas and the Georgia area. We're doing some expanding here in 2021. I'm always willing, man, to to be a resource. So you're more than welcome to shoot me an email, or DM, or whatever, whatever case you feel more comfortable with. Um, and I can help help you kind of navigate those water and answer any questions you may have. All right, appreciate you, Terrell and V. You up next? I'm V. V. I am from Detroit. I live in Atlanta. I've been down here ten years now, so I'm an out of towner with all the good insights. I'm a licensed agent in Georgia. I'm actually working on my license in Michigan. And I'm all about home ownership and knowing that you don't have to, you know, rent forever. That's important. I think a lot of people cheat themselves out of it. So I'm intent. I like working with investors. And short-term rentals are a way to go because a lot of people need somewhere to stay and they don't have it together. So I'm a good resource. Awesome. Awesome. We appreciate you joining us. And I'm going to reset the room real quick. So folks, you're listening to uh, hospitality cash flow room. There's that greenhouse up in the top right corner. If you click that so you can uh, uh, follow us and be notified of upcoming uh, rooms that we put on this uh, Airbnb A to Z. Like I was warned that these topics would take a while. I had no idea how long it would take, but this is uh, you're, you're getting thousands of dollars worth of information. Uh, we have a stage uh, full of like industry titans. So please make sure to tap in with these people and follow all of them on the stage uh, because they are given a uh, valuable times of them, a uh, valuable time of themselves uh, to be here with us tonight. Uh, so with that said, um, we want to keep it moving. Keep in mind, this room is being live recorded. Um, and until my iPhone battery dies, um, you can uh, anticipate that that will continue. If you would like to get uh, copies of the recordings for not only tonight, but future ones as we finish wrap up through A to Z, um, just send an email to clubhouse at hospitalitycashflow.com clubhouse at hospitalitycashflow.com and uh, you'll be one of the first ones to get that so with that said uh, we want to take a couple of quick questions uh, Dijon I think you were up next go ahead hey how's it going can you hear me okay yes sir where are you fine kid alright uh, I just had a quick question uh, in the process of uh, building a house down here in Tampa currently in a uh, apartment down here i was wondering uh would it be advisable to because i want to get into the airbnb and so just uh, breaking the lease should i wait until um i get a lease uh, that's in one of my llc's names or is it would it be advisable to keep it in my current name and do it that way so my first i would want you to target the llc and try to do a corporate lease under the business structure um, because it's, it's, it's you going into the understanding obviously the business doesn't live there it's either your shareholders or people that you're hosting as, as guests but if it's in a situation where you have to do it under your own personal name just make sure you have permission from the complex regardless of the structure make sure you get clearance you don't want to try to do it underground and sneak and do it um, because it's it, it just it's just a volatile situation to be in. That's how I got started. Like I built a, I built a handful of them, doing it on the low, and you don't want to run into that. You you can lose money. It's just a headache, man. 
you want to set it up properly to where either you're managing it, your cleaners are freely able to go in, your guests are freely able to go in, um, your prop manager, whomever you hire, freely able to go in. And it's not a matter of don't talk to the office type of situation. So whether you do it first, try to do it under the business name, structure it, you know, structure it that way under a corporate lease. Um, but if you have a, a complex that want to play ball and you have to do it as a personal guarantee, then just make sure you got permission either way. Perfect. Thank you so much. I had uh, one quick, one other quick question, if that's okay. Go ahead. All right. Uh, I guess it's a question that's for uh, myself and any other of the uh, wholesalers in the room. Uh, as far as the investors on the board or in the room, how do you guys like to be uh, contacted uh, for potential properties or potential deals? All right. Anybody looking for uh, uh, any any type of deals? Um, I, I, I was I was I saying, mean, DM. bro, anything you want to send me a pigeon if it has a good deal on it, I'll take a pigeon. Like I honestly, I don't think any investor really cares as long as you provide quality product and, and, and run your numbers. Like if you're bringing me a deal, like a, a property that could be an Airbnb, like your numbers got to be fucking airtight. I'm sorry, man. I, I missed that question. I was, I was trying to park. What was the question? The question was how, how he can get in touch with investors. Right. Was that the question? Right. Yeah. For yeah. potential deals. Yeah. There's any way. Like reach out to people on Clubhouse. I got deals through uh, Instagram. And the one thing, guys, is like if you send people deals or you say you're going to send deals, actually send me deals. Because I have a lot of people that I don't know if they get in the moment and they like get the email and then I don't get shit afterwards. So right? I, have a, I, have a, I have a follow-up question for you, Deshaun. Are you... Are you doing host? Are you a wholesaler? Because I know initially you said you were building a house and you're living in an apartment, but you're looking to pitch the deals now. So give us some insight on what it is you're doing in regards to that. Yeah, that's a good doing. question too. Yes, so I am doing uh, local wholesaling here in Tampa, and I also do virtual wholesaling. Uh, so I just wanted to see. I wanted to get just more insight. That way, I'm not just uh, going straight to people's DMs if that's not how. You know, people like to receive uh, potential deals. I just want to. Get I think it. I think it. I think it, it varies per the buyer. Um, I mean, essentially, if you're just starting out, then yeah, you know, by working on your buyers list, you can hop in, hop in every Facebook group that's in the market that you're playing. Whether it's local, whether it's virtual, hop in all of those, all of those market-specific Facebook groups, and and you will look. Start looking through some of those message threads when people drop deals, people drop emails, people drop phone numbers. And then you just start building your list. Hey, I saw you in the Facebook group and you were looking for a 3-2. Um, I just wanted to know if I can add you to my buyers list, man, because I'm actually actively getting a wholesaler. And I'd love to throw you some things when they come my way. You know, so start building your list organically like that. Uh, um, and, and, and get people to opt in. And like he said, man, you have to ask me, when you get something, you send them. If you put the numbers together well enough and you lock down the deal, you shouldn't have a problem getting rid of it. You'll start building your list yeah. off a really viable Dude, deal. I, I, I know this is not Airbnb Airbnb specific, but I, I'm a real estate investor first as well, right? And, like, to me, a great wholesaler, like, to, the reason why I think there is not a lot of great wholesalers is because a great wholesaler is, like, a great minor league 
a baseball player, right? Eventually you make it to the majors and you're not going to be a good wholesaler for long because you'll just start holding the good stuff, right? But like run your numbers, like you need, if you want to be a great wholesaler, run your numbers. You need to make my profit in your numbers before I look at it. So I visibly see the profit and I need to see that you made the effort to carve out your piece, but mine as well, right? And then real estate agents, man, like property managers and real estate agents are a great way for you to find quality investors, especially property management companies. They never get called on and they're a great way. It's like, hey, do you have an investor that owns single families in this area and has a lot of them? I have a property. Do you think he would be interested? Right? And start leading with value. And then when you get in front of somebody, actually provide quality deals. Right? And then understand the game that you're playing, right? Get in the door. Don't try to hit home runs on your first wholesale to a big guy. Right? Is that worth it? It's charging, instead of making five grand, that is it's still great. You're going to try to make 15 and then that deal, he's probably, he'll probably take it. But are you building that quality of relationship? And I just wanted to just throw in there. Um, I know you said you were looking for ways to find and, and come across investors. Um, I can't speak for other major areas, but here in Atlanta, there's like REIA, which is the Real Estate and Investors Association. And they have a couple of different branches. If you, you can find them on Facebook and everything. I'm certain a lot of major cities have them. And they actually have like the one here, they like on Thursdays, of, you know, before the pandemic, they would go to like a Marlowe's Tavern, but now they do it via Zoom and they like allow all the wholesalers to come up and share everything that they have so that they can go ahead and, you know, get what they want. So it's mainly, you know, like the fellas said, it's about building those relationships. But I would definitely just Google REIA uh, and then whatever your major city is, it should be something around. Uh, and that'll give you. Sometimes it's like a membership fee, but even if it's a hundred dollars or something, it's definitely worth it. So you want to check that out, also. Yeah, a lot of them are still pretty active on Meetup, so just get to working and, and, and join in some of those groups. All right, those are some gems right there. Design, did we get you taken care of? Definitely, more ways than one. Thank you so much, everybody. Yes, sir. All right, moving across the board, looks like Riley's up next. Riley, what's your question? Oh, I am so sorry. I've been listening to most of the things here. I don't have a question currently. I'm listening in almost to my destination to where I can sit down and, and fully engage, but I will definitely pass it on to the next person if they have a question. All right. Thank you very much for joining in. So uh, real quick, we have a another moderator who has hit the stage that is uh, extremely well known in the space. So I'm going to let uh, Alexia do a self-introduction. 45 seconds, please. Hey, good night, guys. My name is Alexia Wright. Um, I am based in the Atlanta, Georgia area. I am currently running right at about 27 properties. Um, I actually will acquire another one tomorrow, so I'll be at 28. Um, most of my properties are through my corporate business. Um, they're corporate leases. And I do own three properties, so I'm kind of um, in a few different fields. I pretty much do everything in-house. I have my own property management company. Um, I also have my own housekeeping and I have 24 seven maintenance. So everything that I pretty much do is um, in-house. 
Um, so yeah, that's me, and I'm here to answer anybody's questions. All right, Alexia, we appreciate you uh, to tapping in with us. Um, we're going to go ahead real quick. Remember, the name of the room is Airbnb A to Z. Um, well, we are moving at a snail's pace, but hopefully you guys are getting tons of value. Um, we are going to talk uh, now about uh, design and designing the interior of your space. And, uh, you know, one of the things I will say when it when it comes to design, um, usually when we're we've identified a, a property that we want and uh and even before we get to the design phase we already know the type of uh client that we want to have in that property and so we've we've already determined uh if, if not based on location and proximity to different things um you know uh what type of uh, a client that we're going to host and uh and that dictates or it can and uh, to a certain degree dictate how you furnish out your units and so for us um we've used an interior uh design team uh from day one for the most part um certainly there are those that you know design and build out their own units um but we found that uh that that's been very beneficial for us and and we've worked with with ours for a number of years now but i'm i'm curious to hear from other uh hosts um how you all are uh designing and building out your spaces Hi guys. Um, really quick. Now I have a question. Now I can chime in. Sorry. Um, so I'm actually having a hard time with that currently with the transition from COVID. So my properties were basically geared towards Lackland Air Force um, graduate families. They were real low maintenance. All they really wanted was a place to stay at the time, a place um, that had a lot of space to give them so they can spend time with their airmen. So it wasn't something I had to put too much um, crazy design into. However, now that things have transitioned, I'm having more of a long-term tenants and I'm trying to put more of a luxury um, feel to the home or more of a homey feel. So I know you mentioned having a design team. Kind of how did you start out with that or reach out to those people? Because I'm now trying to transition into competing with the other places that are now also competing for these long-term tenants, if that makes sense. Sure. I can speak to, you know, how we identified ours. So uh, when we first got started, um, you know, it was recommended to us that, uh, you know, and, unless we have, you know, really good design sense to maybe work with a with a designer. And so we we found one on a platform called House H-O-U-Z-Z. Um, and so in this uh, House uh, website, they have a marketplace of interior designers. Um, you can pitch a job and get multiple bids uh just so happens for us that uh the particular design company that we worked with was already doing short-term rentals for um you know a now defunct uh brand uh stay alfred and so uh uh, so so we were able to, um, you know, develop a dialogue with them and uh, and and also understand the process that this at the time was a, a large uh, entity in the space. They Alfred understand what their process was for vetting and working with designers, um, the pay structure, um, just a whole host of different things. Uh, so we were actually students uh, you know, of the design, uh, designer. And, uh, you know, that, that was very beneficial for us on the front end, but house is a pretty uh, neat application where you can go in and, and take a look at different, uh, design companies. Um, and what was the next part of your question? Uh, 
No, I was just trying to see a way to kind of transition that over because I have the home furnished, of course, but like you said, it was more of a, the families that were looking, it was more of a quantity over the quality of the stuff. It would, I would charge extra for additional family members because they would, they would come in large bunches. They just wanted a place to lay their heads. So I have the furnishings. I've had it there for years and now I'm just trying to gather my mindset and switching it over, but maybe I just need to put somebody fresh in there. Like you said, find to have a different perspective because I've just seen it that way so long and I need to switch it up since my clientele is definitely switching as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a great referral for you for a designer. If you want to reach out to me, I think that, that, that could help you and she can help you. And she does design through like Wayfair and stuff. Um, so she's, she's actually, she's actually pretty great. But I didn't mean to interrupt anybody. I appreciate that. Thank you. I'll definitely so if I could speak to that a little bit, um, and I talked about it here briefly, don't the property managers are great resources. The property managers keep in mind that they work with uh, a few different types of clientele. So I would I would look at I mean the designer that I I have now I found through a uh, property manager that I'm using because uh, I'm just trying to make my systems a little bit more automated. So I'm bringing on property managers. Uh, the one that I had previously. It was just me going on Instagram and finding somebody in my local market that did uh, interior design. Now, granted, they didn't, spe- they didn't specifically specialize in the short-term ready, but through the conversation, I was able to effectively, I felt like, communicate to them what it was that we were looking to do, and um, they were able to find that, that fine line between like really good interior design and functionality in terms of short-term renting space. So I would look at property managers. Uh, I would also... Uh, I mean, if if you in a specific market or you're looking at a specific market and you want someone that's local, then you could hit up some of the some of the listings that are on Airbnb or VRBO and ask them, you know, who it is that they use. Hey, I, I admire your space. Actually, one that I have saved on my wish list. I would love to get a recommendation for who helped you design that space. You may actually be talking to uh, the designer themselves or they can give you a great recommendation. So, you know, just tap into the actual platform and message some people. Like my designer that I have now is actually a host, so it helps that they understand the business as well. So, you know, do that. I appreciate that, thank you. All right, Riley, glad we could get you uh, taken care of. Um, Real quick, before we uh, move on to the uh, next topic and the next question, um, I did want to uh, give uh, Eric a chance. He's entered the room. Eric, a chance to uh, introduce himself. Uh, Eric, if you could do so, uh, about 30, 45 seconds. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, everyone. Thanks for uh, letting me uh, jump in here, Noble. I appreciate your time and everybody else's time. Uh, my wife and I are uh, Airbnb hosts here in Louisville, Kentucky, and uh, Lexington, Kentucky area. We've been super host since 2013 we kind of specialize in doing um hosting around kind of our experience of enjoying bourbon and horses um, but we've also we had long-term short-term rental arbitrage everything in the past starting in about 2008 um just wanted to uh get in here and give a listen and try to help out with any questions anybody has um Real quick, I was going to say one of the things that we did, um, we reached out to uh, University of Louisville. They have an interior design school, and I asked some of the teachers who their best students were, and I found that um, 
the kids that they're they're learning um, were really good, really talented, and they were really eager to be a part of a team. So if you're anywhere near a university, you can always reach out to those type of people. But um, I'm just here to help, and uh, thanks for having me. Appreciate you, Eric. That's a good and, and Eric is being modest, man. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I think Eric, I'm familiar with his listings, and uh, uh, they definitely have some really, really unique spaces, man. I love it. Thanks for all the kind words. Um, I, I, I did, I didn't know what an Instagram wall was until I talked to the kids these days. But they're like, you got to have an Instagram wall in your place. Nice, nice. There you nice. go. Drop some money. <laughs> all right, so we're gonna keep it moving. Um, real quick, uh, before we get to, uh, Christina, uh, we want to, uh, dive into the next topic and, uh, this one, you know, uh, I was hoping to have, um, an attorney in the room, uh, a brother named Dante. He, he's actually unavailable. Um, but, uh, this is, uh, we're in the ease now. So we're talking entity types. Um, and so let me preface, uh, everything that said with, uh, as far as I'm aware, None of us up here on stage are attorneys or CPAs, and I definitely recommend um, you seeking one out. But we're talking uh, entity types uh, that uh, that are possible when forming uh, your your business entity f- to operate these short term rentals. And so, um, you know, I'll just start start off. Uh, you know, we have an LLC. More specifically, we have a, a series LLC being here in Texas. Um, and, uh, you know, I know of some people that use S corporations. Um, I've even heard of, uh, a, a host or two with a C corporation with, with, with some large scale property. So, um, I, I think, uh, obviously you'll want to do your due diligence on determining that, but I'm kind of interested in the, to hear how everyone is set up. If they're set up with, uh, LLCs or S corporations and uh, what that looks like. So we can go across the room, uh, maybe Emmanuel, if you can kick us off and then we'll go down, uh, down the road. I'm so sorry, my brother. I was I was talking about crypto with with my little brother. I got completely distracted. What was the question? Hey, crypto is important too. But well, just asking you on um, what what's your- oh, bro. We're just talking about this fucking revolution that's going on right now. But but anyway, no, I was sorry. just I was asking you what uh, what's your entity type for your your business? Uh, you know, and uh, you know how, how how do you have your setup? Yeah, so my holding company that's a that's an S corp. That's where all the real estate assets go into. Um, but then that's all in within asset protection, different layers of it. Um, and then my uh, management companies; those are all LLCs. Um, where going back to the conversation that we were having earlier, if you were in the room earlier, um, they're LLCs, but all with multiple partners in there. Uh, some of those partners are just other corporations um, to just maximize our protection on on that front. Um, so we have one for the traditional property management. We have one for our real estate team. We have one for our uh, long-term property management company. And then and I have individual investment ones, uh, LLC, for uh, assets that I own here. And then assets that I own out of state have their own LLCs out of state as well. But that was all made like I didn't do any of that shit, right? I went to pay somebody a lot smarter than me, and I'm like, understood. Do this, absolutely recommended. Absolutely recommended. Absolutely recommended. Absolutely, because also, also the amount of things 
they are constantly changing that you can take advantage of as a business owner, as a single person, you don't have time. So you might as well pay what they're worth because they'll make it worth it. Agreed. Agreed. All right. We're going, we're going to jump around a little bit. I'm going to go back to uh, Alexia. If you, you've been in the space for a minute, uh, you have a number of units, but can you tell us what your entity looks like? Um, you said, you said what, like how, how my businesses are established. Is that what you're asking? Yes. Like how you're set up. Are you set up through, I know you have like multiple companies, you know, clean STR. Are they multiple LLCs or how are you set up? So most of my businesses are LLCs. That's what they started off as. And then I end up transferring to S Corp with my accountant. So, um, pretty much all of them are S Corp. And then um, the housekeeping is not an S corp just yet. Neither is the um, maintenance. Everything else are everything else are um, S corp. Got it. Got it. And uh, let, let's jump over to um, Amanda because you're kind of in a unique uh, situation yourself, being a realtor. So how are those uh, short-term rental properties? Um, you know, what do they fall under? Those are S corp. Sorry, did you call on me? <laughs> yeah, Amanda, go ahead. Okay, cool. So, um, yeah, when we first set all this up, uh, we did it in an LLC. Uh, I have an escort, but my escort is more for flipping. We, we flip houses as well. Um, so we are doing all of this through, we were doing it through one LLC, and it, it's funny because we, we scaled pretty quickly our first year. And to tell you the truth, if any of you are looking, you know, if you have one or two properties and you're like looking at scaling quick, definitely get your foundation in line in the very beginning because we didn't. And we were putting even the leases in the same LLC. And so now it's a complete disaster. So what we're going back and doing now is we have the LLC, like the main LLC, and then my attorney is going through and he is creating new LLCs under the main LLC uh, for liability protection for all of these properties that we are leasing arbitrage because we don't want any of that connected to the properties that we actually own. So we're in like a whole restructuring world right now. So this is a great question and I can't wait to hear what your answers are. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. We appreciate it. And so um, let me, let me chime in one more. Let me get uh, Eric. Eric, if you can uh, open up your mic and just kind of let us know how your operation is set up. Sure. Um, well, so I own um, all my properties. Um, so the first thing I do is go ahead and try to um, get a make sure you have enough insurance to cover your property in case there is a problem. So I, first, let me say I'm not an attorney or CPA or anything like that. I'm just talking from a business owner. Um, so you want to make sure to carry enough of an umbrella policy to cover if you get sued for something that it would cover any additional besides just your right, regular million dollar policy or whatever. Um, but then each unit is set up as its own LLC so that um, they all have their own separate uh, banking accounts. They all have their own separate set of books. Um, and that's for two things. One, 
uh, it protects all the other ones. Uh, so it's very similar to what you're talking about being a series LLC. If somebody gets hurt, somebody gets, you know, God forbid something happens and um, they try to come after you, then you only lose one property. And the other thing too, is if you go to sell off the property, it's much easier to have a clean set of books for an investor that's looking at it so they can understand the real uh, value of what you put into it. Um, and then as far as the rental goes, we kind of have the property management go into, so like all the payments for the rent go into the property management LLC. Um, so on the balance sheet, you'll see your, you know, you'll see your individual properties and then you'll just have the revenue going into the, uh, basically property management LLC. And then what we do is we set them up in, uh, Montana. Um, you can just Google Montana LLC, but, um, in Montana, or, uh, sorry, Wyoming. In Wyoming, um, they have a, basically, the lawyers tell me that there's, it's very difficult for people to go after you if you're incorporated there because of the way that the judgment against you can be made. Um, they don't enforce judgments. I think it's Wyoming and Florida both don't enforce judgments against you. So, like, if you're a creditor and you're trying to chase somebody down in Wyoming, the lawyers basically get paid by chasing people down. And so it, it would require them a lot more work than it's worth probably to chase you down. Um, and then pretty much what we do is we put our attorneys as registered agents. So that also fends off a lot of other lawyers because if lawyers see that you're a registered agent in Montana and they have to chase you down, they realize that it's probably not worth their time and they'll move on to somebody else who's not as well protected. Got it. Got it. Yeah. All right. So that, that's good stuff because that gives everybody a um, an idea of the wide breadth of variety that can happen when you're, uh, you know, getting your entity set up for your uh, short term rental or, or you know, any other type of real estate business. All right. So we're going to push this thing along. I'm going to take a couple of questions real quick. Uh, looks like we're going to go Christina, then Nicole, then Morgan. So, Christina, you are up. What's your question? Hi, thank you. Um, I'm pretty, I haven't started anything. I'm just trying to learn as much as I can. I want to do rental arbitrage, um, for my short term leasing, leasing company. Um, but I'm just starting and I wanted to know how soon after starting my LLC can I expect to obtain a property? All right. Great question. Loaded question, but it's a good question. Um, so I think there's a couple of things it's been our experience. There's a couple of things that, that, uh, um, are helpful if you have in place, not a hundred percent necessary, but are helpful. Um, so obviously there's just like we we're talking about having your business entity, um, you know, to go out and go after those deals, um, and make, sh making sure it's structured properly. Um, but then like what, uh, Hannibal talked about earlier, um, is, is, is business credit. Um, you'll find that, you know, with arbitrage, uh, specifically, if you're looking to do apartments, um, and more so even, uh, larger complexes, a lot of times you'll find that, uh, some of them have a requirement, uh, of not only business seasonality, which could be, you know, typically two years, uh, and a few, you know, a few instances, maybe a year, uh, but they'll also want to see that you have, uh, you know, positive, positive, um, you know, uh, trade activity, uh, against your, your, your business profile. Um, and so, you know, you, you'll have to go through the, the process of making sure that that's built out, you know, with a, with a DMB number and that sort of thing. 
Now, I'm not I'm not saying uh, don't get started because I would recommend that you go out and get started. Um, and, and when we started, we actually just, you know, the old term driving for dollars where we were doing that for uh, property in the multifamily space where we were looking for owner operator type units, smaller units, um, you know, until we were in a position to, to take down some of the larger complexes. So, um, you know, that's just at a very high level. That's, um, you know, a, a few things that you'll want to consider when you're, um, you know, kind of getting started in the rental arbitrage space um, and looking to acquire your first uh, first few units. And if the other moderators want to chime in on this, there's some, I'm sure, different different opinions and ideas. Yeah, so I don't it's not necessarily a magic number, right? Um, just like the criteria that these particular complexes asking for are not always the same. For the most part, it kind of falls into certain categories. So the financial side, the excuse me, my my two year old is in the back. She she having a ball. So uh, the the financial side, the legitimacy of your LLC, so that it's registered, it's in good standing, um, and then in some cases the Duns and Bradstreet. In some cases, some complexes won't even ask for the Duns and Bradstreet, right? So with that being said. It, when you start to look at these complexes and have the conversation about arbitrage, um, and I've I've known I've known this to happen to people with a brand new LLC to be able to get these units, um, but if you run into a situation to where you really need you know a seasoned LLC, then you could always you know you can get a, a shelf LLC and one that has some age on it, and then uh, work it from that angle. So. It really kind of depends specifically on what the complex yourself is asking for. But that's not to say because your LLC is brand new that you don't qualify. Okay, yeah, that's because I'm like, okay, if I do start right now, what is, I'm trying to be realistic in my mind. What is, you know, a time Yeah, so, I mean, the essence of it is establishing the legitimacy of your business. So you register the LLC, you register the EIN, you get to Duns and Bradstreet. And then you start working on building that legitimacy. You get to a website, you have some marketing material, maybe a small folder brochure, so that when you're having these conversations and you're in front of the decision maker, whether it's whoever is over the region or the property manager or the owner of the complex, whatever it is, that you are really being able to sell your business and the ability to take on a lease of two or five or ten. Uh, or whatever you you know whatever threshold you feel like you can handle, and 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 but, but in in lieu of them looking like oh, okay, she's a brand new situation, and it even feels and looks like a brand new situation. You know what I'm saying? Because you can be brand new but still sell it the right way by establishing the legitimacy of your business and structuring it. So the website and having all those other things registered, you know, uh, business address, whether it's virtual or whatever the case may be in your marketing material, in your conversation. So, you you know, for one place that may say no because you're brand new, you may be able to get the foot in the door to get a unit and them trust you strictly on how you've structured and developed yourself, although you may be a, a three-month-old LLC. Perfect. Thank you so much. Yeah, I just wanted to jump in real quick. Um, one of the things that um, I know I've been successful with is if you can catch uh, – a apartment complex that's under the development phase because they're operating off a construction loan. And so 
Um, they're very into establishing a cap rate really quick so that whenever they convert it to either like Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac or whatever, they want to show that there's already been rent established. So um, they will oftentimes, you know, if you're coming in and want to take like three or four units, they can say, okay, we'll go ahead and let you start. And if you perform, then sometimes, you know, I've heard of people getting like I have a brother that really does a lot of arbitrage and he'll pick up, you know, 10% of the building and things like that. So just uh, keep your eye out for things like that. That's good stuff. Um, you know, Christina, yeah, I mean, go, go ahead, T. Go ahead. I wanted to add to that, I mean, exactly what Eric is speaking to because I'm in that exact situation. So we approached a new, a brand new complex. I'm talking, I mean, they're still pulling the tape off the joint. Um, and obviously trying to get, they're trying to go, and it's still the winter, so it's, and there's people not, you know, throwing rocks and, and getting new leases so so often. But we were able to pick up three units, um, although they were a little bit iffy about allowing us to do the short term renting in, in, all together, strictly because it's a brand new complex. Um, they're trying to get their their occupancies up, uh, so on and so forth. So the idea is, the relationship goes well, we do well, and. It, with those three units and the margins are looking great, then obviously approach them and ask them for, uh, you know, 10, 8, or whatever the case may be. But strictly off of just like he was saying, with it, with, with it being a new a new development, a new situation, or even some of the older ones that just have occupancy, occupancy issues, and some realtors can actually see that information, specifically the ones that do locating services. So get the relationship going with your realtors that do locating services because they get paid to do that legwork and they can see occupancy rates of some buildings and then you strategically target those. I mean, all you need is you need your foot in the door at once. You know, one that has assisted properties or one that has uh, a little bit of room to let you get two and five later on. So you get your foot in the door and you just show out. Gotcha. That's great advice. Thank you guys. All right. All right, Christina. Hopefully that was good. I want to real quick um, just to piggyback off what T was saying, uh, I want to invite uh, uh, my uh, one one of one of my partners, uh, you know, that I've uh, partnered with on a, on a few units. Um, his name is Matt, but he has a background. Uh, he's a syndicator. He's uh, he's been in the property management side of uh, large multi complex developments, and I'm hoping I can get him to uh, un- unmute and step in and then explain really. Um, how important it is during the initial lease up uh, to get that occupancy rate up. And, 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 and if you understand that, then you can understand um, how you can go in armed with information for a new, new development property. Matt, are you with us? I am. Thanks, Noble. Um, man, you guys have literally just dropped all the gems for everyone that's brand new. And uh, man, it's been, it's been incredible evening coming in and out of the room. So I would say this, guys, um, for, from my experience on both the management, also operator, if you can go in there with a strategy to get directly to the owners, that's always number one, right? But when you are looking at these brand new complexes, if there's any way you can get in to meet with the maybe the leasing agent or the actual manager, you know, really just warm up that relationship and kind of understand what the scenario is for the property. And what I mean by that is some of these new developments, 
Um, you know, there's usually multiple partners. Some are just limited partners. But if you can, you know, really just massage and understand the type of community is, and some of the time, most of the time, the leasing agents are clueless. They have no idea what's going on. So it, if you can find out who's kind of doing construction and find out who those owners are that, there's so many ways to do that. And that's usually you can kind of just walk on the job site and find a, a construction guy and kind of assume that you own the building and you can kind of massage and kind of figure out who who's operating this thing. Because at the end of the day, you guys all touched on it, that occupancy is critical. But if you understand your business and you can go in there and provide like literally value in what you're going to do for the community and just re really make it a win-win-win situation, you're really going to um, be able to get your foot in the door and open up these relationships because usually they'll have multiple projects happening across the United States, sometimes within the same city. Um, and so relationships is always key, in my opinion, and even all the way down to the leasing agent because you never know that leasing agent can be your, your gopher and uh, really just help you, you know, get into the deals. And, you know, Novo and I, we've done uh, our stuff in Texas, so there's TAA contract. But if you can understand who the owners are, that can be um, manipulated, not manipulated. You can have addendums and so forth to protect yourself, protect them because you understand if they understand you understand the business model where there's an easy, um, you know, exit for both parties. If, you know, economy shifts or things are just not working in the area. So relationships, communication is really, really key. And so, you know, I can go into so much elaboration on that in detail, but I hope that's a little value that you're looking noble. And, uh, yeah, you guys have did everything. Eric has been, I met him earlier this morning, and this guy is just a beast. So, everyone, thank you so much. Yeah, Matt, that, okay, folks, so those are bars. That's what we call those. Um, you know, so T's been dropping them tonight. <laughs> um, Matt just dropped them for you. Um, so, the, so it, to put that into context real quick before we move on, um, as an example, so we were able to get involved with a development project when they were clearing the land out, right? And so we were able to approach the owners, not the future property management, but the ownership uh, of the project. And we were able to get in and make, um, make specific requests of of these uh you know the interiors of these units after we um educated them on our business model you know after they had a, a, a an understanding of that after we spent the time building a relationship we were able to get in on the on the early stages during construction and make specific requests of how what our preferences were in building out these units to to accommodate our clients and so you know how we did, did not want carpet in the unit. We preferred hard surface floors. You know how we preferred it upgraded countertops, just things like that. A uh, long story short, we, we basically did get everything that we asked for. Um, and then like Matt said, it was a win, 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 uh, partnership. It was a win for the ownership. It was a win for, uh, the, our, our clients. And it was also a win for us. And so, um, so, so yeah, I, I hundred, hundred thousand percent agree with what, uh, what Matt just said. So he hopefully, hopefully, Christina, that, uh, you know, that's some good insight and some value you can take with you. All right. Good deal. Good deal. All right. So what we're going to do real quick, um, we have a couple of extra people on the stage. We're going to take an, another question real quick, and then we're going to introduce a couple of people. Uh, I believe I said that um, Nicole was up next. Nicole, you still with us? 
All right, Nicole, you might be on mute if you're still there. There you go. Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Go ahead. Can you hear me okay? Yes, go ahead. Okay, hi, everyone. My name is Nicole, and i um, really like to dig into this um, investment game. So I just purchased some land. I mean, I'm in Los Angeles. I just purchased um, five acres, and I'd like to... Um, you know, put a couple homes on them and a couple ADUs, you know, back of those homes and break them all out for investment properties. So the land I actually paid for was cash. Um, how I'm going to pay for the actual homes <laughs> will be an adventure. So <laughs> um, I'm looking at uh, some creative uh, financing ways. I, I'm already a, a business owner, and so I was thinking about I don't think that I can open up business credit cards and use them for a different business. So um, my question is, do I just open up a different LLC and just try to, I apologize, you guys, it's probably over a lot of this already. If you want me to just talk to someone specific, just let me know. Um, so I just need, you know, some questions on um, different ways of financing, financing it. So Nicole, did I understand correctly that you you uh, purchased land outright and you're looking to build on it? Yeah. Okay. All right. Any of the moderators um, have any insight and they can chip in on that one? I think Bill would be a great resource. I think Bill would be an awesome resource. So uh, we're going to ask Bill to chip hey, in. Hey, Noble, how are you? Hey, Bill, give a quick 30, 45 second intro. And if you could chip in for Nicole, that would be awesome. Yeah, Nicole, I mean, I'll dive right into to your situation. Um, I'm in the process of doing the exact same thing. I've done it many times before. If the, if the total value of the land and you pay cash for the land is at 80% or 75% LTV, loan to value ratio, then you very likely should be able to qualify for a 100%, 95%, or 90% construction loan. Uh, to build whatever you're building on that land and they will use the that the equity that you have in that land um, as your equity in the overall loan now understand when you complete the construction loan you need to sustain good credit because then at that point you're going to have to refinance into a traditional loan which most likely will be commercial okay I have good credit. Um, all right, so I just need to look for places that might offer a construction loan. Yeah. So where? What? What city are you? Are you doing this in? In uh, San Bernardino County. Okay. So I would go to anywhere in San Bernardino, Riverside, uh, you know, um, Redlands, kind of that area, wherever you're at. I would look for small community banks. Okay. Um, they're typically going to be the most flexible. Let them know that you bought this piece of land, that you want to go in and, and build whatever it is, X, Y, Z. Understand you got to have a couple of things fall into place. Number one, you need to have your budget. You need to make sure that your debt to income ratio is still below 40%, uh, 45% after you've added the new construction loan onto that. Uh, and you will need the pricing, literally the contract from the builder to be able to start the process of qualifying for that construction loan. Okay, 
And if you have any questions about this offline, I've done it multiple times. You can grab my, shoot me a DM on Instagram. You can grab my Instagram okay. handle out of my profile. Happy to assist you with it. I'm literally going through this right now in Alabama um, okay. on two, two separate projects. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Bill. Thank you. You're very welcome. I told you, man. Bill was a man. Yes, he is. So, 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 uh, Bill, if you'll just take a moment to uh, introduce yourself to the room, and and let me just say how happy I am to uh, have you join us tonight. Um, We're in about three hours and forty minutes. Um, We're getting close to, um, you know, getting uh, getting wrapped up on this first uh, part one of the A to Z. But I would love for you to introduce yourself. I appreciate it, Noble. I know it's your first one. I didn't want to miss it. I'm up in Alaska, but I had to take a few minutes to jump in. Uh, just to support you, my friend. Uh, my name is Bill Faith. I'm the founder of Build Short-Term Rental Wealth. Um, you can check out my profile by clicking through. I've got a, a great uh, piece of content for you that you can text uh, to be able to grab it. But I believe in building long-term wealth, uh, kind of the Warren Buffett way. That's slowly, it's methodically, and most importantly, it's about having a very intimate relationship with our financials. Um, if we don't do that, a lot of us make a lot of mistakes along the way. Uh, I currently own eight properties. I have two, one home under contract, two more pieces of land, as I was just discussing with Nicole, uh, that we're getting ready to develop on. Uh, I built a, a million dollar portfolio and about $400,000, $450,000 in cash flow off of this methodical approach. And it's about adding value into your appreciating assets. I do specialize in marketing and finances, and I'm happy to help. I do have a Facebook group, Build Short-Term Rental Wealth, uh, that I'd love for you guys to join, and you guys can always DM me if you have any questions. Thanks for having me tonight, Noble. Awesome. We appreciate you joining. And, and hey, folks in the audience, um, please, uh, please take a minute to follow all of the moderators. Um, you know, they are just done a yeoman job in, of just bringing value and, and dropping gems and, and nuggets and uh, and we certainly appreciate them. So, but before we um you know wrap up this part one, we want to knock out the last couple of questions. And so, um, with that said, uh, Morgan, I think you are up. You have the mic. Hey, yeah, thank you so much. Can every can you guys hear me? Okay. Yes, sound great. Perfect. Um, first of all, thank you all because I've really enjoyed. Uh, learning a lot. So my husband and I um, actually just purchased our first home specifically for short-term rental. And this is kind of going back to um, one of our last topics. Uh, But there was talk about, um, you know, designing the space and the interior and such. And I guess my question is around those who maybe have like luxury or higher end Airbnbs and kind of how you go about navigating um you know purchasing items that are going to look nice feel nice and and be durable but without um you know i guess i guess spending the money and you know expecting them to maybe get get ruined because that's i guess what we're struggling with um we we have an a-frame and it's very modern and you know we're trying to furnish it and get some you know fun little tchotchkes i guess um but it's it's a struggle between you know worrying about things being broken or stolen um and you know but not wanting to go cheat because obviously we're trying to provide a certain experience so i was just kind of curious of how um anyone has kind of navigated that or i guess what to expect so there i'm gonna i'm gonna pt ptr something here real quick but um there's a a buying group essentially 
host GPO. And what they do is kind of cohesively put together hosts, specifically in the short-term renting space, to target. They have a, a ton of relationships with some of the vendors that um, that specialize in, in some of the higher-quality furniture that that would cost you out the wazoo if you were just going in and buying it at a normal retail price. So I'll, I'll PTR that, and that way you can see the website and all that good stuff and, and look into it, that as a resource. But I definitely think it's something you should, should look into to help the buying power all together. So, I'll, uh, so Morgan, are you in Atlanta, correct? Uh, yeah, well, we, we live in Atlanta, but the, the property is actually north. on um, It's a lakefront property in between Georgia and South Carolina. Even better. So I live, I live in the luxury space. Um, my average ADR portfolio wide runs about $670 a night. Uh, I typically buy properties 400,000 to $700,000. And, you know, I'm right now looking at 850 to a million dollars for asset acquisition. With that being said, if you're looking to maximize your ADR, you do need to have luxury goods if you want to charge a luxury price. And there's a great spot just north of you. I'm sure you've heard of High Point, North Carolina, right? I have indeed. I would highly recommend driving up there for a weekend, going and looking at Furniture Land South and those places. You can get some great stuff at Home Goods. You can get some, you know, great stuff at local places in Atlanta or wherever. I'm in Nashville. Sometimes we buy uh, furniture, you know, in Nashville at our local purveyors, and then we'll drive it to our properties or have it shipped that can get expensive but the one thing that i will tell you if you're going to get into that luxury space if you have a higher adr at least in my experience i've had less problems uh because if you really hone in and you you try to target your ideal guest i'm sure that this group has talked about this over the last three hours um you know you can be a little bit more the word i'm looking for kind of aggressive in your design elements but what i would tell you is i I, my wife does all my design and what we try to do is we try to accomplish with our design, because we are trying to acquire those luxury guests in our spaces at higher ADR, as we look at the last, you know, three minutes of any flip show you can see on HGTV from Property Brothers, Love It or List at Flip and Flop, whatever. And that's what we're trying to emulate with our properties in our own style. I will tell you, I just purchased my last property that I purchased and took live on Airbnb is a lake property just north of Birmingham, Alabama. Um, and you know, we put in white couches for the first time. We have two couches that are white. We spent about $1,800 a piece. We have two black leather chairs that were $1,200 a piece, a little bit more expensive than I would typically want to invest into a family room, but it made the place completely stand out from any of the competition, you know, with the older furniture, the older decor, that type of stuff. Hence we're getting better buyers and we progressively been able to continue to raise our average daily rate. So I think it's okay to spend a little bit more. Just make sure you're investing in the fabrics and durability. That's the most important thing specifically is, is you're looking at a lake and then you got to factor in if you're going to allow cuts or not. Okay. That's, I think that's awesome uh, advice and answers. I think that that's kind of what we've been trying to do. Um, definitely not allowing cuts. It's like a brand new home. So I want to try to keep it that way as, as long as possible but um yeah you know trying to figure out price and all that but i think that that's exactly what we're kind of been thinking of and trying to go for so i appreciate the response yeah last thing i'll follow up with that on with you morgan is just understand in my opinion when you're at a lake property the interior of your house is always secondary um and it's funny my 
posted that on my Instagram account today that your house is secondary and people don't understand it. I got a lot of pushback on it, but with the activities that your guests are going to do around the lake, investing into life jackets, kayaks, paddle boards, you know, swim mats, fire pits, that type of stuff, you will get a much higher return on your investment than spending more money on the interior of your house or the lake property. Okay. I, I think we're trying to do both. So you can also have the market in the winter <laughs> and in the summer, but yeah, I understand and, and I think that we tandem kayak on Facebook Marketplace the other day. So uh, um, that's great. I'm going to follow you on Instagram too. For hey, Morgan, I just want to jump in real quick and say that if you do uh, spend, uh, you know, some money on fabric and things like that, just make sure and document everything and save it because, um, you know, only 1% of the time you'll run into somebody that messes things up, but you want to make sure to have records of everything. I see you're a chemical engineer. I'm a civil engineer, so I'm sure you probably have lots of documentation and record keeping, but um, it's real helpful when problems arise uh, with Airbnb. Um, and then the other thing too is one of the things that we like to do as far as really making places look uh, more high end is invest in lighting because it's a lot harder to destroy lighting than, you know, something like couches and things like that. So. Good to know. Thank you. Awesome. From awesome. The <laughs> All right, Morgan, hopefully we got you squared away on that. I think you were the last one. Lorena, did we, we, we did answer your question earlier. Did we not? Yes, you did. Okay. Thanks for calling on me again. I've just been listening into it. Great. Okay. Awesome. I didn't want to leave you out. Okay. Well, great. Say, so um, a couple of things uh, uh, that I wanted to uh, point out uh, for, for folks that are in the room who did not start the room with us. Um, and that is that, um, you know, we had uh, a, a lady in the room with us at the beginning. Uh, her name is Virginia. Um, she, uh, <clears throat> her company, Aritas, carries a product called Sentinel. And this product is a, a cigarette and marijuana smoke uh, detection product. And it has a whole, you know, quite quite a few um, other benefits and features. Uh, but uh, for the host in the space, we know how important that is. Um, and, you know, I can also tell you that a competing product um, has a 50 quantity minimum uh, uh, on, on the order. And so where this one has no minimum. And so she, she not, she not only talked about the product, uh, but she also, uh, was gracious enough to an extend a discount. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, um, the, the product was, was $259 for the actual device, uh, that detects, uh, the smoke, uh, cigarette and, uh, cannabis smoke. And then, uh, the monthly, um, cause it's a cloud based, uh, reporting products so the monthly service is five dollars but for the listeners of uh the listeners in this room uh she's offering an entire year of service for free um and so uh so 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 that's something amazing uh that's available to uh you know to, to the people in the room so uh if you if you weren't in the room in the beginning uh hit me with a dm i'll be glad to get you connected with her also because we are live recording this um, the, uh, audio will be made available, uh, in all, all the different parts. This is just part one. So you can send an email to clubhouse at hospitalitycashflow.com clubhouse at hospitalitycashflow.com. And, uh, and with that, we're going to let the, we're going to do the outro with the, uh, with the, 
uh, speakers and the moderators, which I appreciate immensely uh, for joining us on this uh, premiere launch event. And so we will go across the room. We're going to actually start at the bottom. But if you could do a quick 30 seconds um, and uh, Eric, we'll start with you. Um, yes, I, uh, I appreciate just being in here for a little bit. I just love talking about anything Airbnb related, short term rental related or bourbon or horses. So feel free to hit me up anytime. Follow me and everybody else on Instagram. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely be back. Thank you for having us tonight. All right. Thank you, Eric and V. 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 Okay. Thank you, Noble, for having me tonight. This has been very insightful. I'm glad to be able to just, you know, add in where I can. I am licensed in Georgia. And if you need any real estate transactions that occur here, I would love to be of assistance. And, you know, I'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you again for having me tonight. Oh, we appreciate you. We appreciate you. All right, T, you're up. Man, no, but first of all, congrats, man, on the first room. Uh, definitely great success. I caught maybe the last hour here somebody paying me in, so it's always a pleasure to share the stage with you yes, and some sir. of my fellow cohorts who I'm familiar with. It's always cool to see familiar faces, man, and to pick up some of the things I have no no insight about. But, yeah, I'm T. Um, like I said, I have units in the Georgia and the Texas area. I'm always, you know, open to a conversation. You send me an email, you send me a DM. If it's something specific that I can help with, um, I'll hit you right back. And uh, if it's something I'm not knowledgeable about, I'll try to point you in the right direction. It's always a pleasure to be able to talk talk shop and talk real estate. Awesome, brother. We appreciate you joining us and uh, look forward to having you uh, in more rooms with us. And RB, you can uh, take the mic. Hi, my name is RB the Realtor. I'm a licensed real estate, real estate agent. Um, my passion lies in motivating our community to um, get generational wealth through home ownership. So um, I try and be a resource and support within my community and beyond to help encourage people to get into the whole world of um, home ownership. I do that through free home buyer seminars that um, if you take a look on my Instagram in my um, bio, there's a link and you can find out about that. Also helping people if they're not in the best space to start purchasing, getting them there. Um, so I offer poor credit to property owner courses and also what to do with your property to create a profitable property masterclass as well. So all things real estate, I definitely try to provide support and information about that to anyone who is interested. So um, I look forward to sharing the stage with all of these experts. I learned a lot and I appreciate you allowing me to be a part of this. We appreciate you, RB, for joining us tonight. And uh, next is... Uh, my lovely wife, Elkie, uh, my business partner, my confidant, all of the above. Uh, dear, if you want to say uh, a couple of words. Sure, everyone. My name is Elkie, and um, just want to throw that out there that anyone that needs help with um, keeping a five-star cleaning break, just hit me in the DMs, and um, I'm all for helping everyone keep a five-star um, for all your cleaning needs. All right. Appreciate it. So real quick, before I uh, close out the room, I did want to let you all know I will be giving away a uh, free membership into our uh, uh, entry level uh, hospitality cash flow course that is uh, being launched 
uh, very, very soon. So make sure you're you're following uh, all the moderators up here. If you're interested in being in that, just shoot me a DM about that. I'll be glad to uh, to uh, put you in the in the running for that. Uh, but again, my name is Noble Crawford, co-founder of a, a hospitality brand, uh, along with my wife and uh and and also uh have done some 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 deals with my business partner matt we've been doing this for close to four years now um right now our passion is helping others helping other students get to six and seven figures in this business which is definitely doable so you know anything i can do for you certainly reach out to me but i appreciate all of you for hanging in with us we're going to start when we pick it back up i think we are at the letter f so we probably have at least two if not three more parts to this this the next one trust me will move a lot quicker as i have learned to navigate this platform a little better but i appreciate you all hanging in with us and we will see you next time thanks for listening to the show tune in next week to learn more about using real estate for hospitality cash flow if you received value from this episode please leave a rating and review this helps the show reach more listeners We truly appreciate your support.